Hey guys, I want to come to you before the show starts to let you know I did have some audio trouble with my podcast episode on this one, especially when I was talking, when my guest was talking, he was plenty loud. And luckily, I he recorded it too because my whole recording failed on my end to grab it because we were trying to do it over Zoom. So bear with us. Uh, Chad has some great information and get through my questions. Luckily, I'm not the main one talking and Chad has some great information. So enjoy. Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner. And back again for another week of absolute joy and fun in the blue collar uh, business world. Today, I'm excited to have a guy I just met. It's surprising that we've been in the same industry for a long time and didn't know each other. And, um, I think we briefly met a few years ago, just in passing, but um, I got a chance to talk to uh, my guest today, and we have so much in common. It was a little bit uncanny, so it was it was great to talk. And then um, found that he had a podcast, I had a podcast. So my guest today is Chad Murray. He runs a uh, a very large chimney operation out of Texas and a couple other areas, and he's also a business coach. And uh, Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Mark, for having me. It, it is nice to meet you. And we were talking the other day. It was Atlanta where I met you. It was at the oh, Atlanta right. show was the one that we met. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah. So Chad and I got talking. He said, you know, it's, it's nice to finally have somebody to talk to that we we talk the same language. And we kind of have very, he said, we have very similar stories. And <laughs> uh, I'm excited. He's going to do, uh, he's doing my podcast and I'm going to do his podcast. And, and we're just going to talk and, and have a good time. So, so Chad, I uh, can't believe it's been this I've been in this business this long and haven't met you. We just were going in similar circles, but just not quite intersecting, I guess, right? Well, it's kind of funny. I, I was kind of a ghost in the industry. I stayed kind of away for everything. You know, I did get CCP certified. Just, you know, kind of stayed at, just outside of the, of the circle. You know, I, I didn't really get that involved, kept my head down and just, it just worked my business is what I did. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a decent amount of guys like that, that you don't, you know, they're out there, they're, they're hustling, they're making things happen. You just, you know, they're got their head down, like you said, and just, you know, digging in, but about yourself, how did you get into this crazy business of chimneys and, you know, where did you start and and kind of where are you now? Yeah, it really, it's, it's an interesting story. So, I was a double uh, DD-214, which means I was in the Army National Guard and switched it over to the Marine Corps. And so while I was in the Army National Guard, I moved to Tulsa, became our, uh, went to Spartan School of Aeronautics to be an airplane pilot, or excuse me, uh, not pilot, a uh, mechanic, and kind of dabbled a little bit in the pilot stuff and kind of found out I don't like fixing cars, so I'm really not liking fixing these airplanes because it's kind of exactly the same thing. <laughs> uh, became a restaurant manager, uh, did really well, got some real grounding on culture and stuff out of that, and then joined the Marine Corps and uh, did a little time in the Marine Corps, got out and uh, and came to uh, Texas to start washing windows. And 
Yeah, and so one rainy day, obviously can't wash windows in the rain, my one employee I had was laid off from a chimney sweep company and says, you know, we could be making money today. And I'm like, eh, okay, well, it's okay. And so kind of kind of blew it off. But of course, you know, that little that little ideas in my head now, you know, and then and then this was twenty six years ago. And then it rained for a week in August, which is unheard of in Texas. Right. And and he kept going, We could be chimney sweeps, we could be chimney sweeps. <laughs> and I'm like I'm like, it's 105 degrees and raining out. What in the heck is a chimney sweep going to do in Dallas, Texas, right? And right. so so finally, I mean, we're talking this is 96, right? 1996. I had a computer. If, you, if anyone is probably Mark's age, my age, you'll remember what a 286 or a 386 computer is. It was like one of the first laptops, or not laptops, I mean uh, desktops you would get. And you would only have AOL was really your only option. And then and then there was a geekier one that you had to know how to code to get on, which, which I don't even know the name of that was. Some source code style internet stuff, you know. Like, And so uh, I got on there and I went to Copperfield and they had, a, I mean, he, we, we AOL searched it. So after we listened to the, you know, facsimile thing to get on the internet for 20 minutes, we then searched it, found Copperfield, hit the button. 30 minutes later, after probably having two or three beers, Copperfield's website comes up. I mean, this was a process back then to get just into it, right? And so I I, I see that they kind of had a thing back then. It was kind of cool, a page of what you need to do to get started. What what do you need? Well, I had a ladder. I had a truck. You know, I had had a, a... I guess I was a little crazy enough to climb on roofs. You know, I had that already, you know, and so I'm not afraid of ladders. And so, I mean, I jumped out of airplanes. And so, I mean, it's not a big deal for me. So I just, okay, let's, you know, uh, the one thing I did is crazy story is I wasn't buying that $2,000 vacuum. I just, I wasn't going to do it. I just, you know, so what I did is I went down to the janitorial supply company. I, I, well, I got the specs from the, the chimney vac, right? You know, the three motor vac, you know, that has all the specs for how to make sure that it filters correctly to get all that stuff, right? Went down to the to the janitorial supply house. We have a huge one here in Dallas. And I just said, I need this, but for less than 500 bucks. And they gave me a lab. Uh, have you ever seen those lab vacuums that you carry on your back? Yeah, they're like 300 bucks. I bought four of them. <laughs> They weren't good. I'm, so I'm not telling anyone who's looking to get into the business, listening to this, to go buy a lab vac. It's not the right vac. But it, for me to get into business, it was the best vac ever because it was, I could buy four of them, put two in. So you could carry two in and have two of them going, right? In my mind, three motors on a chimney vac, I could have two vacuums to carry in, plug them in. Makes sense, right? You know, and, and this guy, this guy literally only knew. I don't even remember how long he had worked for the chimney company, but he only knew how to do a chimney cleaning, a tuck point, a mortar crown, a cap, and what we call a flash and seal, which is just caulk the top of the flashing, you know, the bond point, right? And so <laughs> that was my training. <laughs> well, that was a lot of all we, all of us knew, right? That yeah. Was, I remember just sweeping chimneys and not knowing how to do any repair. Maybe I put a cap on, maybe I put a damper on, maybe I put waterproofing. Maybe I relined for a chimney, like a stove, but like nothing like we do now, right? I mean, we just, this industry wasn't doing that. 
and 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 that's exactly what Dallas was like for many many years. And still, I mean, anyone listening from Dallas, you're kind of still like that. You know, I love it. That's one of the main reasons why my business has grown so much. You know, because I continued or I st- not continued my education. I started an education ten years ago. Right. Right. Not many so people here have. So basically, you heard the opportunity. You did a little research. You got in with what you could. You shoestringed it in. You bootstrapped it up, and you got going. And that was in ninety six. Ninety six. Ninety six. So, so what's happened since ninety six to twenty twenty? Boy, if you've done it, if you're listening to this and you've done it, I did it too. I don't care if it's from employees doing something bad or something good. You did it. I've experienced it as we talked about in our own little thing there. You know, I mean, I've, I mean, I almost died uh, with an appendix ruptured, went bankrupt. That was uh, 17, almost 17 years ago. That was at that point I had, I had four employees, one call center girl, three techs, me and a little tiny retail store in a suburb of Dallas. And, uh, and to kind of lead up to the story quickly, my wife was just in the hospital for three months for having our, well, now 17-year-old daughter. And it, a week later, my appendix ruptured. I go, I sit at home for a week thinking I just have some ungodly food poisoning or flu. Needless to say, I'm finally literally dying a week later. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, go to the emergency, you know, surgery they saved my life lost everything had the employees stealing from me cash jobs and just the whole you know oh my lord it's the worst thing that could happen to me honestly was, i mean looking back it was the best thing i learned how i learned from that point on that i would never again put my family in this type of jeopardy ever again i'm gonna build my business that doesn't rely on me but I'm still there, even though I'm not there. But I mean, and I just kind of, we just did that. And I've always been, you know, from the military, always was kind of a systems guy. So it's like, I just made it a point. I'm just going to have a system for everything, anything and everything. And we're going to change it if it's not good enough. And that's, we still have that motto. So it was literally a super low point in your business career that actually was the best thing that could have happened to you. But you would have never picked it to happen. But it happened. And you change everything. And I, I say it's a lot. Pain is the best motivator there is. Totally. It's not success. It's not living on the hog. It's when you get your butt kicked and drug. And then now what are you going to do? And that 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 sounds like that's what happened to you, right? Yeah. Well, it happened to you as well. Listen, you're, we talked about it. Yeah. I mean, same thing with you. I mean, you let everybody go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it's that, it's that point that, you know, you come down, but you... You, it's kind of it's different. It's different than starting new because you already know something, right? You don't know everything. Doesn't you doesn't it make you less afraid now to try hard? To- it, it does something to you. It it does. Okay. It it makes you fearless in the sense that if I lose, here's here's my train of thought. Like when COVID hit, let's just talk about that. COVID hit. I, if you ask any one of my employees or my people I coach, I got scared for one day. And that was it. I recorded it. I, I had a bad day, and I put it on my on my podcast. And and it was scary. I, well, you just you you don't know if, if everyone recalls. You just didn't know what's going to mid March come April. They're shutting everything down, and it's just like okay, you know, 
before they came up with a who's essential, <laughs> you know, and, and so and we got deemed essential, you know, and so, you know, and so you, you just didn't know what was going to happen. So, but here's the thing. I, I got through my one day of, you know, woe is me anxiety kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, well, if I lose everything, so what? I'll start over. I think that's the whole thing too for me. Once I had to start over and I went to zero from, we were like a $1.1 million business to zero. Then from then on, I was kind of fearless because I knew what, I knew what the pain looked like and I knew I could get through it. And so I was, I think, more willing to just go for it because I know the bottom, I didn't get eaten. I didn't die. (laughs) I actually came out better. I learned a lot. So man, let's, let's go. It's kind of a lesson here, guys, everyone listening. My uh, my pain was at one point two million. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, one point two million is when it hit me. A million dollar chimney business is a very dangerous spot because yes. what got you there uh, can also wreck you because you don't necessarily know. I didn't know my numbers. I wasn't necessarily a good leader of people. I didn't have systems in place. I was just growing just on pure will and drive and just chaos. Right. And, and I think a lot of people that get to a million, but you almost can't get to two and three million. You've got to change some drastic things, right? I mean, uh, uh, you, you completely have to step out of your business to start running it at some point in time after the million. I mean, you, 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 you can't get to three million in a truck. It's, 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 if you're doing it, you're, you are, you are definitely, if you're listening to this and you're doing it, you're probably in some what we call pain. <laughs> so how many trucks do you run on a daily basis now? 28. 28. In the wintertime. And so we'll we'll dive back down to, I don't know, 19, 17, you know, here in about February or March. Right. Yeah. So where was the first couple, like, really better moments for you? Like, at how many trucks or what gross revenue did the thing kind of – and go, you know what, this is going to work. You know, when we came, when we came out of the bankruptcy and, and I actually went a year and a half without just saying I'd given up on trying to grow a business actually. And then it hit me one day that uh, I had a roofer begging me to do like a hundred thousand dollar job. And it was just me. And so, (laughs) you know, he didn't want to use another guy and he wanted me to make my caps, which I wasn't making caps at the time. And so this was like 15 years ago. And I'm just like, huh. So, okay. I already knew what I was doing before. By the by the time I had my bankers, I did know a lot of repairs. So, I mean, I wasn't relining yet. And we weren't doing camera inspections. So we weren't doing. But I did have a very good report, inspection report. And at the time, I had my own program off that I had customized myself off of Outlook calendar and stuff. And so we had a pretty good, you know, primitive reporting thing and so i i got up to so i made the decision to take on this roofer's job my cousin gave me like 10 grand to buy some equipment break and some stuff to make my own caps and hired i hired one guy right off the bat and then as soon as we got paid uh we were done with that job in in uh in uh, september i said okay I, I i now know google ads uh, i had my, my my business listings was still up on google at the time and and I was one of the very few people who knew how to work Google. And so me personally, I didn't hire people. So I didn't get ripped off by everyone, you know, taking a budget and taking half of it, right? I was every dollar I put in Google was my money. It wasn't paying someone to do it. So um 
we went. I hired fired four four trucks and never looked back. We went four trucks right there. So at four, you you hit that big thing and you bought your metal fabrication equipment, and that started a whole nother business for you, right? It could be it's its own business, correct? It is. We uh, you know, we didn't really make it another business till probably a couple years later. Um, and a matter of fact, that website that's on there, I built that website probably twelve years ago. And uh, it's it sells, you know, it's we sell anywhere from two to five, generally copper. I mean, copper is what flies out the door to, to ship copper caps every week, you know, shipping them out. And so, and just to everybody knows, the name of your chimney company is Master Services. Correct. And what's the name of your chimney cap company? Mastercaps.com. And so, no, I'm sorry, we did upgrade, we just did upgrade the, the, uh, that, that website. So, but I forgot about that. It's been so long, but we did just upgrade it. A lot easier process to order cap. But yeah, we, you know, we, the chim, so, so your question to kind of get back to that about, you know, the four trucks thing. But let me tell you, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago when me and you were talking. The custom chimney cap has, really changed our whole philosophy and everything that comes underneath a chimney. hundred percent. I mean, that's the thing in the industry that, that you said that we, me and you have talked about and argued on the groups and all this stuff, you know, and all the, you know, the nonsense out there about the, you know, the, you know, that they don't draft right and all that. So it's all nonsense. They do. And so, I mean, that's, we, we do. I mean, I ha- I have seven people in my cat, in my, in my shop making chimney caps all every day. I mean, we, we make for our own company and, and, and for roofers, we make around 35 caps in the off season a day, right. you know? And so, yeah, I mean, and, and, and like, I'm helping out another guy get his cap going and you know, him, Mike Fazy. And yeah. so, yep, I'm helping Mike get his chimney cap thing going right now. And I brought him down and showed him my stuff. And he's like, why are you doing this? We were drinking one night. Why are you doing this? Cause I don't care. There's enough chimneys out there in the world. You know, I mean, there's, there's enough kid chimney cap operator. business. Do what? A good operator. He's in California. Yep. And yeah, I mean, you're right. There's plenty of, of it. So tell me we, back on the truck before you kind of really start to move, where could, what, size business could you really kind of pull back and I know you've got a management team that helps you run it now so you're not in the day-to-day necessarily what what level was that seven six uh well it'll be it'll be six years or seven years this uh I left December 31st uh 2014 so it'll be seven years no six years six years ago and I, what I, I mean, this is what I did. I took my lead guy that was in management before me. He was a, one of my, uh, my stepdad's best friend who's the same age as me. And, uh, we, uh, not, not my stepdad, my friend is <laughs> my, or my GM now. And, and, uh, he mirrored me for just about a month because he knew my, they already knew my systems enough. He just sat with me and just mirrored me for a month. And then I said, okay, you, do you, you know, somewhere around, you know, the week, you know, the week of Christmas, I'm like, do you think you got this? He's like, yeah, totally. I mean, and and he has ever since. I mean, I mean. So how hard? That's a, you know, I know a lot of guys that I work with have a little bit of a control problem letting stuff go to be able to do what you did with that handoff. And it like it's your baby, right? It's your livelihood. You blood, sweat, tears. Now you're going to hand it to somebody. How do you 
how do you do that? How do you gut that up? Or what's your internal thought process to hand off like that? Because that is the key. Delegation handoff is the total key. It's so hard for everybody to do. What's well, great question, Mark? I mean, honestly, it's not something you can't do unless you really are totally systematized to having people working the systems to where anyone just has to monitor the systems. I always say you don't manage people, you manage systems. Right. And then you put the right people. If the right people aren't doing the systems, you'll find the right people to do it. So my reporting that I get, I mean, we have, we are, we're, we have a, 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 a TV monitors all over our place. And our numbers, I show our gross sales. I show, I show the mistakes guys do as they do it the day before. And they have, they have 24 hours to fix their mistakes. Uh, we show the each, we call our sales guys educators. Our educators, their numbers are up there last week and this week. And, and David, my accountant bookkeeper guy, he updates this every two hours. So you can see what the next guy's doing. I mean, literally. Literally, if you look, okay, an hour later after your next appointment, you can see if someone sold something. And, oh, wow. yeah, and so we do that. Um, it shows our advertising, uh, where our advertising is coming from. shows our call center numbers, too, how many appointments they've made versus how many appointments they've they've scheduled. Uh, I mean, jobs scheduled and appointments made. Um, it has our time in and time out because me and you talked about the poop rule. So we have that. We need to go over that. <laughs> uh, that's great. So you built the systems. You yep. felt good about the systems. Then you let people run them. And then you you still have your thumb on the business, but you just don't. It doesn't require Chad Murray eight hours a day. Uh, I, I actually went uh, an actual six weeks with not one contact with anybody but my general manager. I don't, I don't talk to anybody. That's the business you want to own is the one that doesn't need. Yep. And so... Go ahead. Well, I was gonna I was gonna change subject about your leadership style. Sure. Talk about what you know, what is it about your leadership style that allowed your company to grow so much? And um, how do you translate that into your people? Well, because of all the systems that we have, I mean I have I have the anatomy of a sale, so the guys they are scripted from the start to the end of leaving. And, and we, you know, we ask questions to the customers and callbacks and ask them, you know, like, like I, I read one, I listened to your podcast, how you do the cards and stuff and, and, and evaluation reviews type of stuff. We just call them and we, we have to call at least three clients of each educator a week and three jobs from the guys every week. The call center does. And they, and they ask them a few questions. Like part of my anatomy of sale is, they must compliment them on something in their house when they walk in, whether it's nice dog, you know, you know, n- nice furniture, you know, beautiful house, whatever. And we ask the customer, do you recall that? And they, and they always say yes. They always say something that they said, you know, and, and blah, blah, blah. But to the system point of it, you know, all the systems are being worked and everybody's working the systems. So the management is just the management stuff is just looking over the numbers that David does every day that's going on the board, looking at uh, the calls. I mean, we literally can look at everything as opposed to a number and quickly identify something wrong or something like that very quick. So you're really good at scorekeeping. You, everybody knows the score. Everybody knows how they're doing versus others. And so 
Because that's that's one of my things about a podcast I had that I think it's important that everybody knows this for and what the goal is and uh, kind of a competitive you know environment a little bit you know for the for the right guys. Some guys aren't competitive at all. But some guys they need they need to be pushed. I'll tell you a competitive story which which was organic. Did not come out of my. It came out of a system. So when we first put the TVs up four years ago and start doing all this reporting. And we, we actually bought one of those uh, restaurant menu programs. You know, yeah. like when you go to when you go to McDonald's now, that store doesn't do that. Someone does it from the corporate office or district office and puts their menus up and whatever they want to do. That's out of their hands. So we have that program as well. Cost is like $150 a month. It's not expensive. And so we have it. And so they're constantly putting that on. Well, we started I, about three years ago. For some, like my my repair guys, they do not collect. They collect the money, but they have nothing to do with sales, right? They, I mean, this, the educators do all that. Well, I started to think, you know what? What if we start tracking their money that they actually accomplish and start posting it on the board? I am shocked at what it did for two reasons. Number one, it, we within a month we fired two crews. We did not realize we were pretty much losing money off those two crews. But here's the thing. The other, you know, six or seven crews at that time that we had, John, after a meeting one day, saw him out in the shop uh, divvying money up between each other. And John's like, what's going on? They were betting on how much money they could do a week. And we started to notice we'd never, we would tell them till they're blue in the face or we had to manage if someone got done early, you know, to give them another job or something. When that started, it's since then to this day, if they get done at one o'clock, they're calling to get a job now because that bet still that's bet still going on. So they want to get another job to throw in there that they can go do so that they get more money. And they're they're up to like, I believe it's one hundred dollars a crew. So you didn't change their pay structure to do it. You just changed that they kind of competed between each other. Is there some kind of bonus for being the number one crew? None. They just kind of created their own, uh, you know, meritocracy. Or so it totally did, and then and it's been so funny because it still goes on today. And I'll call up and ask John every once in a while who won. You know, I mean, I know who won, but I want to hear him tell me, and then you know, and then and then watch them. I actually went up there. I was like, I probably a month after that all started. And uh, I went and threw another hundred dollar bill in the in the hat uh, to whoever won it that week, just to just to get everybody excited and stuff. It's so interesting you say that because I was on a phone call yesterday with a good friend of mine who runs a chimney business. He said, "Man, how, how do you get the guys to not just when they get done early they want to go home at one o'clock? It just you know it's a fight to get them. And one of our things is we want the guys to call and see who as a team who needs help. Does anybody need help at the outfit? Yours is more uh, self-driven to, hey, I want to, you know, I want to make more. I want to do more. I want to use the shovel that you've given me and, and dig more. I want, to, I want to make the most of the day. Right. right. And, that's, that's a great. And they totally do it. That's what's just so great about it. The call center literally will tell, will tell us about how some of the, like a couple of our lead guy was always kind of like that. But our second lead technician was never like that. But he's a gambler. So now all of a sudden, he is the guy calling. You know, he was always the get-home-early type of guy. Yeah. Two years, that guy has flipped. I mean, he wants he wants another job. 
you know. And in the wintertime, I have to tell them no a lot. It's dark. We're not giving you anything else. It's great. Right. And so, I love that. I, uh, so, I mean, I could talk to you for like three hours. I know <laughs> we're going to do a podcast this, after this. My podcast is only 30 minutes, but I want to close it out with a question to you. Yep. And it's what do you wish you found out earlier in your career or life? What, what do I wish you'd found out earlier? <sighs> That's a good question. Uh, honestly, with me, you know, going through the, you know, the Army boot camp or Army basic training and the, and the Marine Corps boot camp. So they they kind of install, you know, get the job done and no matter what and all that kind of stuff. For me, they used to call me Sergeant Carter when I first my first crew did, you know, from Gomer Pyle. They used to they used to call me Sergeant Carter. I mean, they, the culture was straight. You might as well just go through get out of basic training when you first started working for Master Services because that's how I how I was. Oh, you're totally military. Oh, I mean, I mean, I didn't sit there and spout it to him. I was just you know get it done or get. I'm, you're not going to be around. So I, I wish I'd have gotten more humble. I mean, way. I, I mean. It, Chad Murray in 1996 would not recognize Chad Murray of 2020. Really? Not even, wouldn't even come close. I mean. What's the biggest change? Just the hum, the humble, the, the wanting to, I've always wanted, I've always wanted to help people, but I never really had a path to do it, you know? And so when I became a business coach, um, it's so rewarding. I mean, I, I, I can't, until you've coached and helped people, even though you get paid to do it, I mean, because you got to have value, you got to pay someone for value. But you'll, you'll, if you talk to any of my clients, any of them, they'll all sit there and tell you, Chad cares. I mean, it's it's not about money. I mean, I would do it for free if 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 we were in a utopian society, that would be what I would choose to do. You know, I want to help people in their business. It, I I absolutely love it. And of course, I'm helping my own business all the time. I mean, so but. But helping other people, watching them grow is this and knowing that I'm a part of it because of everything that I've done, you know, it's it's empowering. I mean, I can't even explain it if you haven't done it. And so I, I love that too. You love helping somebody and seeing them win. There's a great feeling about that. And knowing you just got a piece of that, just a little piece of it. It's just nice. Yeah, and so I, I do need you to tell the story that you told me about the, the, the poop. <laughs> uh, tell, tell, I, I can't remember how we led into it, and it's absolutely brilliant. So do you might, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I don't recall. We we're just talking about systems, I think. But I've saved, waste. I've saved, I've saved um, a bunch of my clients some money. With I, I think we last checked, I've, I, I'm well over. Uh, like $200,000 I've saved clients off this one little little system. What happened with me was a few years back, getting my weekly report, I get them on Fridays, and I my overtime was like 87 hours. And it didn't matter if I was making money or not. I'm like, why in the heck do we have 87 hours overtime? So at the time, I just go, okay. Well, then I looked the next week. It was this trend, 84 hours. And then I, I looked back like five or six weeks and it was 80 some hours of overtime. And I'm like, okay, that's ridiculous. Cause you know, some weeks we'd make 25 grand, some weeks we'd break even type stuff, but, but I always had 80 hours of overtime. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I literally went through and looked at the trucks when they left, when they started, you know, when they got to their jobs, uh, looked at their clock in times and 
I said, this is really odd. I got a lot of guys clocking in at 7.15. You know, they're not really supposed to clock in until 7.30, but 7.15. But the truck doesn't leave until 8.35. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't care if you have five custom chimney caps and you got to hook up a trailer. It does not take an hour and 15 minutes to load up and leave. So I went down there. Uh, I was the, I opened up the door one day. And and sat in there and, and was waiting, and I just was kind of ghosting, trying. And it's hard to because a lot of guys don't know. Cause a lot of the guys don't know me. That's what's funny. We, we didn't get to talk about, but most, but the, but all the lead techs, they all know me, right? And and so, and the call center definitely knows me. And so, I wasn't there. By the time twenty people were there, I had a line of four people in the potty after they clocked in, and I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh no way. And then, so I, this is my mind. I didn't say anything out loud. It's, at, at one time, there was 10 guys standing in line to poop. And I just went, nope. And I and right there, I, I spouted it out right there when I saw the 10 guys. I said, there's a poop rule now. It just came out of my mind. Poop rule. No more pooping on the clock when you first get in. And everybody kind of laughed, but they were seriously, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, no, nah, uh-uh, uh-uh. close that door. We're done. You guys, you know, nah, clock out if you want to stand in this line. It's, wow. It, yeah, literally, clock out if you want to stand in this line. You know what? Three of them did. Three of them clocked out, stood in the line, pooped, came back and clocked out. And I told John, my general manager, poop rule. So we, we did a time thing on the trucks. We figured out how long it should take each truck from the time they clock in to the, they should be rolling. And the rolling doesn't mean going to, uh, and we made it to where they get gas at night so they cannot they have to go directly from us straight to either home depot or lowe's or to their job there's no other stops Interesting. 15 minutes they got to be clocked in and enrolling if it's an easy oh. day 15 minutes and so i could show you at some point in time i'll show you. it's on our board so we see i see every day yesterday's to this day and i was looking at it yesterday Making sure our times are 15 minutes. Guess how much overtime this year? This year, or well, let's just say the last this quarter. This quarter, so the last two and a half months I've had, I've had less than 12 hours overtime in the season. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. 12 hours is what we have for a company right now. Oh my gosh. That's how efficient we are with our time now. That is incredible. And so roughly how much money do you think that translated into? Because you gave the number you you gave this to one of your clients and, and it was well, I gave it to one of my clients, saved him a hundred grand. Saved him a hundred grand since January last year. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I mean that's just a seventy sixty to seventy hours. Well it's eighty hours a week because you said twelve hours for the whole Twenty two hundred bucks a week and just overtime. Times that with for me alone, times that by 52, 117,000. Yep. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because it's so true. You you said to yourself you'd had an issue like that at one point in time where you had guys going to the restroom on, on the clock. Well, I still do most of my guys on on commission, but it still slows the day up. Getting out the door, right? And some of my guys are on hourly, but we pay almost everybody. It, but just the efficiency of doing that somewhere else before you get to work, and not on my clock or trying to be productive. That's the right. That's the kind of systems I'm constantly 
looking to do. There's a, I mean, if you system, you can systematize your culture and that's part of your culture, right? I mean, you systematize their brains. So, well, we can continue this on, on my podcast for everyone who is listening, but here's, here's the one thing you got to say. When we hire somebody, we flat out have videos of me and my wife talking, and then there's one of me and John, and we go negative on that a little bit. And we say, listen, if you're this kind of guy or that kind of guy, you know, if you're going to be late, we just tell them up front, just you won't be here long, if even a week. And so there's all these expectations for that accountability, and it works. So. Chad, so great, man. So great. <laughs> We're going to have to do this a few more times. We can fix topics and just go round and round totally well we'll continue the conversation for sure yeah and really quickly what's the name of your podcast it's real simple just go to spotify and it's outside the business box outside the business box with chad murray that's it so guys he has another podcast and uh and he probably talks chimneys and blue collar work <laughs> and coaching and all that so um listen to his podcast as well chad it's been a total pleasure and uh, thank you for being on this week's uh, podcast. Oh, thanks, Mark. And I can't wait to continue this relationship. It's been awesome. All right, guys, that's our time. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.